Us being intentional about we want to be people of light in the middle of confusion, we're starting to see just little things happen. It's nothing very dramatic, but it's 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 what we kind of feel like we're called to do right now, which is really small and insignificant in some ways, but it's it's where we are. Hi, I'm your host, Christina Hubbard, and this is the Creative and Free Podcast. Welcome to a special series called On Pause, Healing Words from Everyday Artists During Isolation. This is episode number 12. My guest today is Ted Harrow. He's a strategy and leadership development consultant and marriage retreat leader. We talk about friends as feelings and the invitation to smallness. Before I tell you a bit more about Ted, I wanted to let you know this is the final week of the On Pause series. I'll be taking a short break and then transitioning the podcast to a summer format. More info in the next episode. Ted is the founder of Noonday Ventures, a business training and consulting firm. He has a marriage ministry called Bright Star Marriage, which he leads with his wife, Gretchen, who happens to be a marriage therapist. Ted is a fellow student and friend of mine in the Renovari Institute. He lives in Chicago with Gretchen, and they have two adult sons. The Harrow family embodies the love of Christ, and I am so thankful for how they've ministered to me personally. Something we don't get into much in this episode, but I think you need to know, Ted calls himself the bread dude. I've sampled his bread, and it is amazing. All right. Hey, Ted, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Tell me, what have you been doing during quarantine? Uh, well, most of what I've been doing is um, we went, Gretchen and I went from being um, empty nesters to being dorm parents because both of our boys and the oldest one's girlfriend um, both came back home to live in our little house outside of Chicago. So um, I spent a lot of time splitting time and juggling things between work and, and uh, with home. And it's been a great thing to be all together, but it's been a lot. So with your work, you work as a consultant and then yep. you also uh, do marriage ministry with Gretchen yeah. uh, and, and you have, you know, have a personal life. Like what has changed in your, <laughs> in your creative, <laughs> your creative endeavors, you know, in those arenas of your life? Yeah. But so most of my, um, my kind of explicit creative endeavors is writing. I write both at work and I write for uh, the marriage work that Gretchen and I do, do. And I think what's, what stayed the same is that we're, we're still writing in both, in both arenas. I'm still writing. Um, but a lot has changed in the marriage work. We immediately realized Gretchen and I, we had, I had like 30 posts in the vault ready to go uh, on a weekly rhythm through our, our marriage work. And we immediately realized that, to really be relevant in a pandemic, we had to change what we were writing about. So I started writing new pieces about essentially how do you make isolation, make captivity. And um, so we, we changed that in terms of topicality and that created some new work. Um, at, at my business world, uh, my writing coach, pretty soon after the pandemic started, recommended I change from my usual pattern, which is posting a fairly substantial piece every week to doing a daily post and to cut 
all the metaphor, all the artfulness out and go straight between the eyes with two to 300 words. And she, her argument was in a pandemic, people need, they don't have the energy to, to cut through artfulness. They just need it right between the eyes. And so I changed uh, kind of rhythm. I also changed topic or focused my topic. I, I cover a bunch of different things in my work, but I went right at how do you manage yourself in a crisis? And, um, and talking to a client when the lockdowns were starting who said, this is going to be a big deal for our people and our company. We need to become resilient. And I thought, wait, we know something about being resilient because we follow Jesus. So I decided to write that way um, with, with my business writing as well. What does that look like for you to build resiliency during this crisis in your life? And, and, and how are you yeah. trying to help others do that? Yeah, well, I'm talking to myself as, as well as everybody else. And um, I, I started the whole thing by, first of all, making the argument that, that the most important thing you can do in a crisis is you can manage yourself. If you don't manage yourself, you can't manage the people around you or an organization. It's kind of like when you ride the airplane, they say, you know, if, if that little thing pops out of the ceiling, put the oxygen mask on yourself first so you can help other people. Um, so, I, you know, I made that argument first, and then I really started with using feelings as your friends. I, I actually grew up with a pretty twisted relationship with feelings, but um, I've kind of respect them because I realized how much I lie to myself. And feelings are the truth serum for our beliefs. It's essentially what I've been saying to people. And uh, so I've been helping my clients to acknowledge that they have feelings, to be able to notice and name them, and then to trace those feelings back to what they really believe, not what they said they believe, but what they really believe, the operating system in their lives, and how that then gets reinforced in their habits and gets reinforced through relationships. So I've been kind of over in a daily little, a little dose, been piecing out that whole thinking um, about how you can have a life that's full of joy and wholeness um, and how you can participate in that. Um, it's not something we control, but it's something we, we can participate in. That's a really challenging thing right now to, to experience the emotions. Yeah. Cause they come <laughs> like a force. I don't know what it's like for you, but I'm fine for a few days. And then I'm like, Whoa, like, where's this all coming from? So, um, I've heard you talk about feelings as friends. You did a talk with the practice. Yeah. And that was really helpful. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, what, how does that inform the work that you do with marriage and spiritual growth? Oh, wow. Well, everything that we do um, in our marriage work is really dealing with the whole person. And um, so one of the things we, we talk about is, is we need to notice when we're, when we're with our partner, what's going on inside us, because it's probably linked to some pretty uh, deep scripts we have in ourselves, you know, the, the stories we tell ourselves, and it affects how we're going we're gonna to work with our partner and work with the people around us. So all the things I just mentioned that I was using in the marketplace are things that actually um, I've learned and worked on first in our marriage work, and I'm now bringing over into the marketplace with me. Um, but it's all about how do you bring your, you know, make sure that God is at work in your whole self 
so that you can be the best partner you can be when you show up for your spouse. And so you guys, a partnership can be the best marriage you can be when you show up in your neighborhood and your community um, and you can be people of light in darkness. And we've actually, been, we've been experimenting with that in our family. Um, I'll just kind of work this out. I, one of the things I work seven minutes from our house, we walk seven minutes. I walk seven minutes from my house to the office. And most days I'll listen to a guided meditation on the way here that grounds me in the words of Jesus um, and gets me going for the day. Um, then Gretchen and I have put new patterns in place for ourselves where we used to take a walk together maybe once or twice a week. Our goal right now, and we don't keep it perfectly, but our goal is to walk together almost every day. We need time together and our house is full right now. And we just need time and kind of to get out and do something. So that's a, a, a practice we do, the two of us. And then as a family, we decided to actually use something we love, which is we love making bread and we have a wood-fired pizza oven in our backyard. So we did pizza night for our neighborhood a while ago as a way to build um, relational bridges into the, into the community. And uh, it's been really cool. I mean, today I sent a text out to a, now with like a 16 or 20 person text group from our neighborhood that we didn't know probably a third of those people when we started this um, and just asked, hey, does anyone know of anybody who has a need? Because we should be a kind of a neighborhood that takes care of needs. And already I've gotten a text back from somebody who said, yeah, there's a new neighbor who lost a four-year-old child this week. Oh my gosh. And uh, I had no idea. They, they live literally four houses from me. I didn't, I had not met them. I didn't know anything about that. But through us being intentional about, we want to be people of light in the middle of confusion, we're starting to see just little things happen. It's nothing very dramatic, but it's, it's, it's what we kind of feel like we're called to do right now, which is really small and insignificant in some ways, but it's, it's where we are. Those are the things that really matter. Yeah. That when you look back on a time, it's those small graces that someone gave you. I remember yeah. one time our family was all sick with the flu and a friend left a pot of homemade chicken soup on our doorstep the next morning. Really? And I will never forget that. You know, it was, yeah. it was just something really small. Yeah. So what you guys are doing in your neighborhood, you know, it matters. And I think we all need that encouragement that the little things we're doing for one another are making differences. Yeah. It's actually one of the things I'm learning right now because uh, we're both in Renovari the Institute right now, we're doing this social justice stream. And sometimes I feel like, you know, the world is so big and I'm so small and I, I don't know where to start with making a difference in that world sometimes. And it feels like, and on the other hand, I don't want to just throw money at stuff. I actually want to be more personal. So the text I wrote today was really a response to that. And I, I kind of, I kind of feel like maybe God's inviting me to into smallness and being okay with that thinking about family family and and a lot of us you know are stuck at home with all of our family which may not be a norm for a lot of people sure what what encouragement would you give to somebody who's marriage in particular is feeling stressed 
yeah. who's, you know, they're just, there's maybe more conflict or yeah. what, what would you say to that person? Yeah. Uh, first, don't be surprised. It's, it's a lot for everybody and any patterns we had of getting disconnected are probably going to be exacerbated when you put them under pressure. So don't be surprised. Um, and, and, uh, remember that the, the other person is not the enemy or the challenge. The pattern that we have is the challenge and learning to understand. So this is where under, getting, getting to be friendly with your feelings is really useful because you can start to see, Oh, I think that I see that thing happening that I do again. And you can start to um, decode why do I feel the way I feel? And it's probably not the other person's fault. It's just the way that the dance happens between us. And Gretchen, actually, we, we didn't ask the therapist post on our site about this because it's, it's actually a, a common question we started getting. And uh, I think she had some really good things to say in there. But it's really about noticing patterns of connection and disconnection. And then... Um, uh, living lightly about that, saying, okay, if it's disconnection that we're experiencing, it may be a little distressing in the moment, but we shouldn't be surprised and we can get through this. Let's work it together. That's really trite, but we're in like a 15-minute podcast, so I can't give you more than that right this second. <laughs> so go read the post. That's what I'll say. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to push the post. I'm just saying there's only so much you can do in 10 minutes, right? Yeah, and I also want to mention, you know, you guys – you have the marriage blog, Bright Star Marriage, yeah. um, and I'll link to that as well. But you guys do marriage retreats. We do. And I just want to like plug that for the future for people <laughs> because I think there's a lot, a lot of people who are going to need help. Yeah. Probably myself. Yeah, we, we love, uh, so we, yeah, we, we put these little experiences together and they're purposely small. So they're kind of the antithesis of a big conference and they're highly creative, highly experiential. I'm not going to give away the secrets because that's part of the fun. Um, and they're designed for people who have good marriages, but want to be great. And uh, that's, that's who we're targeting those experiences at. And we, we love doing that. We love being with those people. There are people. Well, you guys are helping a lot of people and, uh, just your neighborhood, your, Thanks. your daily life, your business. And, um, I just think it's so cool how you guys are translating all of that into the facets of your life. So you've got something to read. Yes. Yeah. So when, uh, I don't know about anybody else, but when this whole pandemic thing hit, uh, I felt like in a fog at the time, um, and the people I was dealing with, and this is still true to a great extent, just feel overwhelmed and heavy and, and dark. And uh, I was riding the stationary bike inside, listening to a podcast of Richard Foster about the charismatic stream, actually. And he, he did this little blessing thing at the end. And I had to like rewind it five times to write it down. But it was really helpful to me and so i guess i guess christine i'll read this over you and your listeners so it's go forward in the power of the lord walking in the light 
being confident that the Spirit of God is with you, leading you, teaching you, loving you. Do not be afraid. Find Ted at NoondayVentures.com and BrightStarMarriage.com. He mentioned the Ask the Therapist post. I've got a link in the show notes for you. And if you go over to the marriage site, you'll notice Ted's doodles. I find them hilarious, but also a great way to engage good, thick marriage info in a non-threatening, relatable way. Head on over to BrightStarMarriage.com and learn how God can form our spirits through marriage. Thanks for listening today. If you found this podcast beneficial, please share it with a friend. Join us next time as Christiana Peterson and I talk about finding mental space in music and story and sharing the things that don't fade. Until then, in the words of John O'Donohue, may you live this day compassionate in heart, clear in word, gracious in awareness, courageous in thought, generous in love. <laughs>